There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday, WFUV's exclusive NFL podcast. So glad that you could join us. We hosted an episode a couple weeks ago, took a week off, and now we're back as training camp and the preseason is chugging along. I'm Brian Raybacks. Joined alongside Will Talent and Evan Harkin today. Guys, the season just gets closer and closer as the weeks go by. So football's right around the corner and preseason in full swing. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Brian. I like how a couple of years ago they decided to go to three preseason games instead of four because now we're just that much closer. So got some preseason coming up this weekend. Uh, lots to talk about there with how many rookie quarterbacks that were in this last class. And a couple of them actually... Looking like they're going to at least play a lot this season, so we'll get into that. But, yeah, very excited. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing great as well. Uh, doing even better now that we're on the doorstep of football season, the best time of the year. Uh, excited to talk some football with you guys. The best time of the year is right. And I feel like football season gets – it feels like it's getting closer. Now we're in, like, fantasy draft season. Mm. I've already drafted a team. Have you Have you guys drafted yet for fantasy? I drafted my dynasty team in like June. That oh, was wow. crazy. Okay, but I, I actually have to, what's today, the 18th? Yes. The 23rd is my like one year draft. Reigning champ for the first time since like the first year that I did fantasy. Very proud. Very proud of that. A lot of pressure. It is. Yeah, I just started uh, trying to go belly to belly as well. So I was excited to look at the same group of nine players for about <laughs> the next uh, three months relentlessly when I should be doing other things. But uh, it was a good fantasy draft. Good year uh, for fantasy this year. We love to hear I, that one. That's how you roll with the punches. So football season's around the corner. And one of the guys who has been in fantasy draft talks in the last couple of years, been a perennial first-round pick, is Dalvin Cook. And coming into this training camp, he wasn't on a team which is pretty shocking given the production that he's had over the past couple of years. Well, now, as of this week, Dalvin Cook, after all the discussions, he is a New York Jet, signing a one-year contract worth up to $8.6 million. So the last time I was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, it was looking trending in the direction that he was not going to go to the Jets. They weren't really close on money and like what his role was going to be, but – a couple weeks later, that's all flipped, and he's now officially a New York Jet. So he joins a very talented offense led by Aaron Rodgers. Will, I'm going to throw it to you first here. Dalvin Cook, we know the playmaker that he's been in the past. 
after getting cut by the Vikings. Now he's in New York. What does he add to this already ultra-talented New York Jets offense? Well, first, Brian, he adds a lot of protection for Brees Hall <clears throat> excuse me, and Michael Carter. Coming back from a big injury, Brees Hall, obviously. So they can really kind of just let um, Brees settle in, come back. They don't have to immediately give him a big workload right away. I love the backfield between him and Carter. But now you have Dalvin Cook, who still, to me, has a lot in the tank. You know, last year, he didn't have those touchdown numbers that we've seen from him in the past. But even the year before that, that's kind of when that started going down. This year, he rushed for more yards, and he had more receiving yards, too. So he's still that, you know, that dynamic back that can do multiple things. I think it's just another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to have and the New York Jets offense in general. They can do so much there. They don't have to be so reliant on their receivers and they can let their rookie running back settle in a lot better. So I like this move for the jets. I like the financials too. They didn't really pay a whole lot for him. Nice one-year deal. And then they'll see how it works. Um, but yeah, uh, overall very solid move for the jets. Yeah. I love this move for the jets. I actually got Dalvin cook and fantasy pretty late in my draft and I kind of oh, saw him. Oh, he'll be on my bench and he'll have a lot of upside. I feel like that's exactly why Definitely. the jets got Dalvin cook. They have a bunch of protection around him with those two backs that you can certainly put in the games. Young backs that can learn from a savvy veteran like Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, the upside is absolutely there. This is a guy who's averaged 110 scrimmage yards since 2019 per game, which is second to only Derrick Henry in the entire league. So a guy who can definitely put the ball in the end zone, bring the ball down the field, can catch the ball, which is huge for running backs nowadays. But, um, you know, in reality, he probably will miss some games. He's been injured every season since 2017 since the end of the week. But if you're the Jets, you can afford to have that. You have Michael Carter, you have Brees Hall. You have these guys that can step in and help fill that committee. And uh, like Will said, I like the number a lot, but I think the only reason it looks bad, the number $8 million that they gave him for one year, is if he's injured the whole year. And it's one of those deals where it's like, oh, yeah, Dalvin Cook played on the Jets. I forgot about that because he doesn't really play for the whole season. Because $8 million is no small backup running back contract. There are a lot of starters making around $8 million in the running back department. So I, I think it's an overall upside move, and the only downside I could see is if, if he doesn't play at all. I like well, that. I think that's fine. You know, um, if he doesn't play, I think that number's still, like, okay for the Jets in general. You know, I know what you're saying, though, Evan, because that is starter money. But at the end of the day, I think even if he doesn't, they don't get the same kind of production out of him. They have good options to fall. So that number to me is just, like, you know, it works out, it works out, it doesn't, it doesn't. And also, I anticipate Dalvin Cook having a pretty large role in this offense. I know Brees Hall showed a lot of flashes last year in his rookie season, but he himself, we want to talk about injuries. He's coming off a torn ACL, so mm-hmm. he's going to have to ease back into it, especially in the first couple of weeks. So Dalvin Cook is your safety blanket there. You're going to get production out of the running back room. And even last year, I think he played 17 games. So Dalvin Cook. Had his first healthy year in a while, so he has dealt with injuries, which a lot of running backs do. But if you can get even last year's Dalvin Cook for what you're paying him, I think it's going to be a good deal for the Jets. Now, the issue for Dalvin Cook is last year was a drop-off from what he had done in the years prior, which is why the Vikings kind of cut ties with him. Last year, he had uh, 1,173 rushing yards, 
10 touchdowns, 69 yards per game. That was the lowest since the 2018 season and 4.4 yards per carry, the lowest of his career. So his production took a slight dip down, but if you're going to look at it as we're signing a guy who's going to split carries and be used as a weapon of in the passing game too, I think the Jets, they can use Dalvin Cook in multiple ways where I think for what you're signing him, this is a great signing for the offense and can be big for what they're able to do. The only question that I really have is how does this affect Brees Hall's role with the team? Because he had an encouraging rookie season before he got hurt. And now you're bringing in a former Pro Bowl running back. Like it's kind of, I guess, scary if you're a second year back looking at that. So I'm a little curious as to what his role is going to be. And I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts on that are. I think he's going to be a, a backup for sure. And kind of what Evan was talking about before, um, he's a good – Dalvin Cook is a good back to mentor someone like Brees Hall. Dalvin Cook, a guy that's been injured, that's had major injuries before, can help Brees Hall get back to where he was and maybe even a little better. So I think for this year, you see more of a backup role for Brees Hall. But that's not a bad thing. Maybe they get very, like, all right production from Dalvin Cook not like really bad. We're talking, we're not talking like all pro, maybe pro bowl. We get good numbers out of Dalvin cook. Like, like you said, Brian, maybe a season like he had last year. I think he then moves on to a different team and it was a good run for the jets. The only reason I say that is because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm really, I'm not too sold. He's going to be with the jets all this long. I think they, they obviously get this year and then I think they at least get next year. But then after that, I'm not too sure. So I see Brees Hall in a very good backup role for this year. Coming off of a major injury, you get to rest, work your way back up, and then you have room after learning and seeing how a true, like a, a very successful professional goes at it at his position. Then you get him in year three, you get him as a different back and maybe a good step forward from his first year with Dalvin Cook gone. So just one year as a backup for Brees Hall, and then they really move him into the guy in New York. Yeah, I definitely agree in the mentorship department of that. I think it's almost like the way Aaron Rodgers can help Zach Wilson learn. Not that uh, Brees Hall is at the level Zach Wilson was his rookie year. He's a little bit better in terms of running backs, but he can learn from Dalvin Cook a little bit. I think it especially helps his usage. Uh, we see a lot of running backs, especially guys coming right off of ACLs, a lot of running backs in general just get used so much. It wears down their body. They get wear and tear. And if you bring a guy like Dalvin Cook in who can take half of those carries off your shoulders, I think that not only helps you for the future, but keeps you fresh for this season, keeps you away from a lot of those big hits and can really only help Brees Hall in the long run. And I think Brees will progressively gain more and more snaps throughout the season. Uh, I know Robert Sala was talking about that a little bit, saying he plans to move Brees more into the starting role as he gets healthier and healthier. And I think that this could really only help and serve as a safety blanket for Brees and his progression. Yeah, I kind of side with that where Brees, it's no secret that he's coming off the major injury, but the Jets obviously really like what they saw out of him. And getting someone like Dalvin Cook, it'll help him a lot because I'm a Giants fan and I remember watching Saquon Barkley in his first season coming off his ACL tear. Didn't look good and he needed a couple of weeks to get 
healthy. And then after like four games, he looked like he was getting there and then he got hurt again. So if you can have another perennial back like Dalvin Cook that can take some of that pressure off Brees Hall, it's going to help a guy that you invested a lot in in the draft last year to progress as a long-term investment. And this shows that the Jets are all in. They're getting talent across the board. You look at that offense. Obviously, the big name is Aaron Rodgers, but now you have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall at running back. At receiver, you have Alan Lazard. You got Garrett Wilson in his second year. Corey Davis, McCall Hardman. There's so much talent in that room. And this is just another step that the Jets are taking into becoming potentially a playoff team for the first time in over a decade. So the signing of Dalvin Cook is big and has Jets fans really excited for the rest of the season. And I'm interested to see how that plays out in Hard Knocks too. I watched the first couple of episodes. The second one didn't even mention Dalvin Cook, so we'll probably get that down the line. But across town, the Giants, their preseason is in full swing. They played a preseason game last weekend in Detroit. Not a lot of the starters played, but... When talking about the Giants, the big thing I want to touch up on here is Daniel Jones. A lot of the discussion has been around Darren Waller and what he's been doing, but Daniel Jones is also a really interesting story in that this is the first real training camp where he's the guy. In years past, he's almost had to play to like earn his spot, and they don't know what his future is. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but now he's got a contract, four years. $60 million in the off season or a big, a big contract. So Will, I know you're a Giants fan. I'll throw this to you. What do you think, what do you expect out of Daniel Jones now that he's got the big contract and the big investment that the Giants have put in him? I don't think he's going to be this like top of the league quarterback in year one. I think he's, we're going to see a little improvement. I don't think it's going to be this huge, this huge gap from last year. Last year, definitely the best year I think we've had of Jan- Daniel Jones with the Giants. So I, um, I hope he doesn't turn into he gets the money and then kind of just never progresses, either stays neutral or regresses. I think we see a little progress though, just because this is probably one of the stronger O lines that he's had in his first five seasons. And this team definitely has the receiving weapons that have not been there. They've tried to put them there, but they haven't been there um, at all for Jones. It's the first time we've really seen a really good football team around Daniel Jones and to see where he goes with that. I would, I'm interested to see what they do with him on the ground this year. Are they going to use Saquon more or, and a little more of a, well, for the first time, they're going to use James Robinson. Are they going to go more running backs than having Daniel Jones run as much because he's got this huge contract to his name now? I don't know. I think they should keep him the same as in uh, be this dual threat that he's been for the last couple of years and especially last year. So I hope we see a little progress and I think we will see just a, a, a good step forward, not a huge step forward, but a, a solid step forward from Daniel Jones. Yeah, I agree. I think we will definitely see improvement and progress in Daniel Jones. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if we see a huge leap in Daniel Jones as a Giants fan as well. I mean, the the expectations for last year was that maybe the Giants would be drafting a quarterback in this draft. And then Daniel Jones went out and won and on the road 
playoff game against a team with the best record in the NFL with practice squad receivers almost. So, I mean, he definitely showed that he deserves a contract last year and he proved all the doubters wrong. And like you said, the improvement has absolutely been there. He's improved every single season. Uh, completion percentage goes up every year. Interceptions goes down every year. And 700 rushing yards last year shows that he's not only a quarterback, but also a weapon in that offense with the on-the-ground game. And uh, like you said, he's adding a ton of weapons. He's adding Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, getting Sterling Shepard back, getting Darius Slayton back. Finally has real targets, it seems like he's never had. And I think a big point you made, Will, was the O-line improving. I mean, you get John Michael Schmitz. Evan Neal should be taking that next step. And you get Andrew Thomas, that anchor on the left tackle position. So, I mean, first time Daniel Jones really has, like you said, a good team around him and a quarterback who's been improving every year with a team who is now improving every year. All I can really see is a lot of improvement. But the one thing that makes me think he might take a huge jump is kind of the Josh Allen path that he took with Brian Dable, where he had a very similar Daniel Jones looking start to his career, where people were questioning if he could be the future. And now Josh Allen's obviously an elite quarterback. And a big part of that was Brian Dable coming in. And in his first year, Brian Dable coming in, Josh Allen had a a pretty good, impressive improvement year. And then they went out and got Stephon Diggs, and he turned into a top three quarterback with Brian Dable and the lead target. Now, I'm not saying Darren Waller is Stephon Diggs, but I think he's definitely an elite target in this league. And if he's able to stay healthy, I think Daniel Jones could end up taking an even bigger leap than some people anticipate. See, Evan, I'm so glad that you brought up the Brian Dable effect. And I don't think enough people are really looking into that or seeing it as as big of a factor as it is because the way I look at it he's in Daniel Jones is in his second year with this offense which propelled him to the best season of his career in 2022 and Daniel Jones is a quarterback who has dealt with a lot of moving parts as a quarterback they're changing head coaches every year he's getting a Joe Judge Jason Garrett offense that is just never going to give him a chance to succeed. Now, last year, he had to learn another new offense, but it worked out. So this year, he's got a chance to have some stability and continue with what worked last year. And knowing that and knowing the offense that Kafka and Dable had success with last year, I think Daniel Jones is going to have the best season of his career. It's really hard for me not to say that. You guys have been alluding to it, but just watching how much better he got last year. Now, seeing that he has the contract four years, $160 million, getting paid $40 million a year. So Daniel Jones has the confidence now, the reassurance that he's the guy in New York. And they also added weapons to the roster. You look at Darren Waller, and if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a big component to the offense. You also look at Paris Campbell, who's a talented receiver who can get some catch some deep passes. And then Jalen Hyatt too is also really impressed in camp. So I'm going to take it further than progress and say that Daniel Jones is going to take a huge leap in 2023. But is that my Giants bias getting ahead of me? I don't know. But I think Daniel Jones is poised for a huge 2023. Do we, do we see that as possible? Evan, you were kind of saying it. Will, do you think it's possible he takes a huge leap like we're saying? I think it's definitely a possibility. It's always got to be a possibility, especially with the success that he had last year. I just want to be a little more conservative with it because this team, you need to be a little conservative with what they're trying to do. This team wants to be good for a while. So if let's say Daniel Jones has the best season of his career right now, 
that would not be good for like the longevity of this team. Cause I could really see this team being really solid and on top of at least the NFC East for, you know, a number of so years with what they have going on over there. Um, that's why I take it just a step down. Is it a possibility? Absolutely. But I really re- realistically think that it's not going to be a huge step, but it's going to be a good step. And the way I kind of look at it is, why can't he have like a Dak Prescott kind of year or a Derek Carr year that he had in 2021 before he had a tough year last year? That's kind of what I'm seeing Daniel Jones at right now. He showed the progress that he needed to to get a big contract last season. And now that he has that contract and he has a second year in the new offense, he's not learn he's not learning an offense again. And now he's got some extra weapons that can be a difference maker. If you're a Giants fan like we all are, I think a lot of us are really excited for what Daniel Jones can be. And obviously they returned Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton's back, Sterling Shepard they brought back. They returned a lot of the same people in the room. So keeping the culture the same and just hoping, I guess for the Giants, it's just that you can compete in a really tough NFC East. That division, like you said, Will's not getting any easier. So the Giants have a chance to take a step forward in 2023 and Daniel Jones could be at the forefront of that. Now, before we wrap things up, we're talking about quarterbacks finding their footing and we should bring up some of the rookies in the NFL. And the three guys that I really want to touch on are Bryce Young of the Panthers, Anthony Richardson of the Colts, and then CJ Stroud on the Texans. Rookie receivers, they're going on teams that are obviously in a period of transition. So not an ideal situation, but these three guys were really talented in college and certified first round talents and as they went in the draft. So Evan, I'll throw it to you here. You look at these couple of rookie quarterbacks. Who are you most excited for and who has the chance to impress the most in their rookie season? I think the point you made uh, just a couple seconds ago about them going out to bad teams is a huge problem for these quarterbacks. Um, I mean, a lot of people criticize young quarterbacks when they're when they're rookies who get drafted early, but they're on such bad teams that it takes you know eleven people on an offense to be a good offense. One good quarterback does not result in a good offense. However, I think uh, Bryce Young stands out in this group of players. Um, you look at. The, the attributes he possesses, and besides the size, which I think he can get over, I mean, a great football IQ, seems to be really knowledgeable of the game, uh, has the accuracy, has the arm talent. I think in the future, he'll be the best quarterback in this draft and be a, a very good quarterback. Uh, but I take a look at a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence in these scenarios. Trevor Lawrence in his first season had 12 touchdowns to 17 picks with a 71 QBR. People were ready to write Trevor Lawrence off. He had a terrible rookie season. I think a lot of that was the terrible team he was on, which is what you see with a lot of these rookies that get drafted early and go to bad teams. Because now Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people say he's a top-ten quarterback. In one season, he could flip in one season. I think a lot of that was the team turning around because football is a team game. Just a good quarterback is not going to look like a good quarterback uh, around a bad offense. So I think all three of those guys will struggle with that issue. Hopefully they can show some future potential but I think Bryce Young will really show some flashes of what he can be in the future I think all three of them are very fun watches here this was a really solid quarterback class in my opinion nobody that really was like what's a good way to describe it I guess like a Jameis Winston Mariota kind of battle in my opinion like 
Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't really see. Yeah, obviously those two aren't generational, but I, yeah, I think you know what I mean by the kind of race that was going on right. between yeah, those yeah. two for the number one pick. They kind of just took over that position of mm. this of this world here. But I see a lot of solid quarterbacks. I think all three of the big three here are going to be solid. Um, from what I've heard, it seems like Bryce Young is going to be the best one at least to start. But that's just from statistics. For me, I think C.J. Stroud is one that is going to be very good here. Now, granted, he did have some really good receiving at Ohio State to give him really solid numbers in the passing department didn't really run a whole lot, but more, more of a passer, but he went, he had over 7,000 yards in two seasons as a starter at Ohio state. That's a tough place to get that many starter reps. And that's a tough place to succeed. That's a tough conference to put up numbers like that. And uh, if we can remember from last year, that Ohio state offense, uh, he was one of the engines of that offense. So and I mean, that team was scoring 50, 60 points a game. I know they didn't make it all the way, but they were a points machine. And Stroud had a lot to do with that. So I'm the most excited for CJ Stroud. However, I think the I think it's going to be um, Tre- Trevor. Oh, my goodness. Did I just call him Trevor Richardson? I'm thinking of Trevor Lawrence. That would, that would have been Anthony, bad if you called him Trevor Richardson. Yeah, I'm going Trevor Lawrence and Anthony Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony... <laughs> Anthony Richardson, I really like what he brings to the table. And I think he'll be the biggest surprise of the, of the three. The only thing with him is that he's on the Colts. You were saying that, Evan, these are not great teams that any of these guys are put on. But Anthony Richardson is, like, sneaky good. If you want to put him next to Lamar, I think Lamar is a, is a you know, talent in his own regard. But Anthony Richardson, Richardson showed flashes of what Lamar can do. So in order for Anthony Richardson to be maximized, he needs to use his legs like he was using them in Florida because the Colts don't really have a whole lot of guys for him to throw to. So if he can dabble into both departments there and then give the Colts some time to really like stock up to put pieces around him, Anthony Richardson could be a really good and fun quarterback to watch in a, in a few years. On the topic of Richardson, I mean, he's talented and got taken in a high position with the Colts third overall. So they're really excited about him. But the the thing is with Anthony Richardson, like you guys have been saying this year, he's on the Colts. So it's going to be a year of growing pains probably for a rookie quarterback. And then he's just on a dreadful team, too. That's one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And in his first preseason game, he showed his mobility and showed a couple of good things a couple of good things, but he also threw a really bad interception. One where he was like throwing off his back foot. He hurried the throw and it's just a throw that you don't love to see a lot of rookie quarterbacks making. So it's something that they're going to have to correct. And I think at least I think Anthony Richardson's going to have the toughest time in 2023. CJ Stroud's another interesting one where he's so talented coming out of college, but he's also like failing like a couple of IQ tests and, in his first preseason, preseason game, he also didn't look great. He faced the Bill Belichick defense. So he kind of might have shown some growing pains and also not on a great roster in the Houston Texans. But similar to what Evan was saying, the guy who I'm most excited about is Bryce Young. Number one overall pick. And his first preseason game, 
wasn't showcasing a ton, throwing a lot of quick passes, but Bryce Young, that Carolina Panthers roster is easily more talented than the Texans and the Colts. I think we can agree on that. And the Panthers, if Bryce Young has a solid year, they have a chance to make the playoffs. Look at that NFC South. It's not a good division. It's really anyone can win it. Panthers have a good defense and a couple of solid targets where you have a veteran and Adam Thielen, someone like him. I'm excited for Bryce Young this year. Maybe he's not going to light it up like he did at Alabama, but I think he's got a chance to put the Panthers in a good position, in a contending position as the season maybe progresses into November and December. Might be a crazy take, but I'm excited for Bryce Young and the Panthers this year. Yeah, I think all three of them have really exciting quarterbacks. They're going to be fun to watch, to play out. Really going to be – and you know all three of them are going to get a lot of reps too because mm-hmm. there's not too many guys behind them in their systems to take over for them, you know. These three franchises have really like – have said with this draft, like these are our guys. So they're going to like let it play out. I like that because there's not a lot of, you know, bouncing around. That could really mess with the rookie quarterback – so we're really going to get to see what they can show year one, fully them, and then what they will show in the year to come. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, I think Richardson definitely stands out a little bit because of his ability to run, like you were saying. Not that definitely. Young and Stroud aren't mobile, but they definitely don't have the, the leg talent that Richardson has been showing near Lamar Jackson, near Mike Vick type of being able to run and having the arm strength that he does. But uh, – I think a big thing with him will be how he can manipulate with a bad offensive line. That's what you need a mobile quarterback to do a lot. And all of these teams we're talking about don't have the best offensive lines. The Colts, not a great offensive line, especially in the pass protecting department, but it'll be interesting to see how he can uh, run the offense, even with the poor protection. Oh, the Colts just have like a bad, everything almost. It goes, it goes a lot further than just the offensive line. And they don't even know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be showing up. That whole situation is a mess. So the Colts, is, I think it's going to be a really tough year for Richardson. It's going to be tough in his first year in the league. It's just a bad roster, but he has a lot of talent. And, you know, the Colts are giving him the starting spot. The Panthers have put Bryce Young in the starting position. No official word from the Texans of whether C.J. Stroud's a starter or not, but I would imagine it's going to be him. I think his competition might be Davis Mills. And I think at that point, just have Stroud play. But – there's a lot of excitement in the NFL as the season draws closer as we look at these rookies. And I think that's going to do it for this episode today. Will, Evan had a great time talking with you guys. You can catch NFL Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. So from Will Talent and Evan Harkin, I'm Brian Raybacks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of NFL Friday, a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>